0: comes your way you've got this and society does have many voices and they speak really loudly and so I wanted to take some time to share some role models that we both have in society and in the Bible and because I'm me they're not the usual ones Um, and I'm hoping you'll all laugh with me at one of the pictures but we'll come to her later. So the first model that we have as little people is that we should all turn out to be Cinderella, right? You know, the birds bring our breakfast and we hang out in ball gowns everywhere and everything's rosy and we just walk along. But most of our reality is that we are the Cinderella with the evil stepmother having to do all the housework, (laughs) not the evil stepmother part, the housework part. But that's what society gives us. And you might not really relate to Cinderella, but you can have any of the Disney princesses you want. I'm sure there's one of you that, that you really identify with. They're quite diverse. But there's these Disney princesses where they float through life and everything happens nicely to them. Or maybe you identify more with Kim. Do you identify more with Kim? Kim? These are our current role models. Or maybe Michelle. Do you identify more with Michelle? Maybe you're going, they're just not in my age bracket. Maybe you identify with these golden girls. (laughs) Or maybe, just maybe, you identify with Marie. Marie. Marie gets into everybody's business, but she cooks, so everybody keeps her around. <laughs> none of them really, like, suit me. They don't really, like... They're not. None of them are people that I really identify with or ever did identify with. And because I'm me, this is who I identify with. Have you got Optimus? <laughs> this is myself nicknamed. This is what I call myself. I am Optimus Prime. And I think Optimus Prime actually has a lot of qualities that you need as a mum. Man, Optimus is never going to give up, never going to stop. Everything is going to happen. He is going to be in the middle of it and he is going to be championing everyone, bringing everyone together. That describes a mum to me. Plus, he fights, he wars. And and as a mum, we war in the spirit realm, don't we? We stay up late, we pray, we get into it and we like... Get our spiritual armor on and yeah. and we chug. But we chug down everything life has us and we keep going. Don't you, don't you think that? Yeah, Great, we're doing that today. Great, you brought that home. Thank you so much for that gift of I'm not quite sure it is, but I'll treasure it for every little person. Come on, you all have those still tucked away somewhere. Yeah. Emily actually likes them, don't you? <laughs> she really treasures them. I don't have any of my kids' little treasures left. But the truth is that while I I think I'm optimist, sometimes this person more identifies with me. I become the ogre. And I I roar before I've thought about it. And I've had a few moments like that this week where I've like... And now I have to apologise immediately because Shrek came out. But, you know... That doesn't change the qualities and the gifting that God's put into me or you. And just because we can see these things represented in our society of what we identify with, I think it's really important to try and find out what God says we should identify with. Because yes, we should identify with God, but he also gives us lots of other role models. And I think that the ogre in me... On good. The ogre in me (laughs) comes out less and less the more time I spend with God. And so, you know, if we're all honest, we all have that little bit of that in us. But the more that we spend time with God, the more um, and more we represent God better. So I'm passionate about knowing God in every situation. And so I'm just like... Let's go and find out what God says about women. And across the Bible, you'll find that the marginalised, the unimportant, the beaten up, the weak, they are the ones that God actually champions and they're the ones that God actually uses. And so I think it's really important to notice that even in a time over the centuries that the Bible was written, where women's role was very um, unimportant and secondary... God chose to include women in his story. In fact, there are 93 women that actually get to speak in the Bible. That's pretty impressive for that time, uh, those centuries of time where women were asked not to speak. And 49 of them are named. And I know that we often just look at the primary ones that jump out. But today I wanted to look at a few um, that jump out to me for today. And so I've got pictures. Now you have to understand that they didn't have Instagram back then. So these are interpretations that people have created and um their interpretations. So first we have Deborah. Deborah was the ruler in Israel. The ruler, a woman ruler in Israel. This is pretty impressive. She ruled in a time because Israel had said no to God. It actually records that Israel had done evil in the sight of God, and they'd become oppressed. So in an oppressed time, with people um, under oppression, Deborah led, and she got to people would come and bring their grievances to her, and she would judge. And if you actually read your Bible, you find out that one thing the Israelites were very good at—it was whinging. And so when they're oppressed and whinging, and yet she led with strength and dignity, so much so that God wanted her recorded. You can find her story in Judges. But Deborah was also a prophet. And so God spoke to her and said, I am going to release you from this oppression. Tell Barak, I think that's how you say his name, commander of the army to get 10,000 men to go, I'm going to give the oppressor into your hand. His name was Sisera. Barak, being such a strong man that commanded 10,000 men, said, I'll go if you go, and if you don't go, I'm not going. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm sure he said it in a manly voice. But he didn't have a relationship with God, so he couldn't see the vision that God had said to Deborah. And so she says, of course, I'll go to war. I'm not frightened. I can do this. But know this, because you wouldn't do what God said, a woman will be given all of the glory for this fight. So off they go to war. And, and Deborah says, it's now. Go here, do this, and God will give these, these armies into your hands. He did. The leader, Sisera, runs away. He manages to escape and he runs away. And that's when our second person, J.L., comes into play. J.L. was in a tent, just hanging out, and she saw Sisera coming and she hears from God and does what she's told. She invites him in, settles him down, Says, don't be frightened, nice peace, nice calm, calm. Here's a blanket, he asks for some water. She treats him with some milk and instead... He he falls asleep and then she uses the tools that she has in her hand and she picks picks up a tent peg and a hammer and she puts that tent peg through his brain right through into the ground. I'm pretty sure that that takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of boldness. But she is the hero of the story. So she does this and then just quietly goes outside... Then she sees Barak come past and she says, I've got the man you want, come with me. There you go. And so Israel had freedom because these women were able to do and be what God asked them to be in a time where they were acting outside of what they should be according to society. Of course, we have Esther, it gets nicer from there. (laughs) Esther, Esther lived life and got along in life because of her looks, straight up all her looks, that's how she got a place in the kingdom, she became queen, all on her looks but she didn't just sit there on her looks, she actually had to sacrifice her whole life to save a nation and so she risked her life to save a nation And I think these are strong, intelligent, powerful women that listen to God and do what he asks. And the outworking is amazing. The next one is... Don't criticise me on how I say a name. But it's... Joshette? Do you know her? Moses' mum. Moses' mum said no to death risked her own life and put her baby in hiding to try and keep him alive. It worked. And then this bold woman that put her baby in a basket in a creek, like, that's just amazing to me, risking death herself, then she has the boldness to go in every day into the presence of the palace and feed her son at any moment being caught out for what she'd done. But she listened to God and God acted with them. This one's really beautiful. This one is Anna. Anna was also a prophetess. And Anna, as I said, I don't really know if this is what they look like, but she was really old and she was ready to die. But God had promised her that she would see the Messiah before she died. And so she went to the temple every day. Every day she went to the temple so that... um, She would have that chance so that she could dedicate her life to God so that she could have that chance of meeting the Messiah. And when a couple came in carrying a baby, she knew who he was. Just think about that. She knew who he was. So knowing who she was, she praises God and says, My life is complete. I got to meet the Messiah. Like her whole life. She was married and she got to live with him seven years, then he died. Usually, they get married very young. So that's a very long life to live waiting for the Messiah on your own. But she did and she gets recorded. I love that that God records the dedication to God over longevity. So... I think this one I probably like a lot. I like them all a lot. And I've tried to pick unusual ones that you might not have known their story. But Priscilla. Now Priscilla and her husband Aquila, they rhyme, it's kind of cute, right? (laughs) They were church founders in the early church. They were mates with Paul and they um, often risked their lives. And he, he mentions them in his Gospels with great affection. But the thing that is important to note is that it's Priscilla and Aquila And out of the seven times that they've mentioned, five times Priscilla's first. That's upside downtown in in biblical writing. It's upside downtown. She shouldn't have even had a name mentioned. But God made sure that she was in there so that we could know this. And I go, wow, we, we need to look at what God says about women and have a look at what we say about women. And when we say, well, we can't because... I think that's when God says, you can because. Yeah. Now, I've got the Mother's Day photo up, hopefully. This next one is just a little bit of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just think this is really funny because the person is really important, is really important, but the way that she gets portrayed is like often ridiculous to me. Okay, it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. Look at baby Jesus' hands (sighs) I I picked this photo and I don't mean to be disrespectful but I picked this photo because often people look in and they decide what we look like and they decide who we are and they create an image of that and yet that This does not represent Mary at all. Mary was this person that gave up everything. She gave up her life. She gave up her reputation. She gave up her family relationships to be able to do what God has asked her to do. And there, there's so many images of Mary that are better, but this one just cracked me up, and I just thought, it's so true. you know? Others look in and they decide what they want us to look like, and they try and morph us into that. And I just you know, the beautiful thing about Mary is that in the beginning, in the garden, people will tell you that Mary was deceived, Mary deceived her husband, Mary, Ma- oh, not Mary, Eve, sorry, Eve, Eve deceived, Eve deceived, was deceived and deceived and so therefore all women are rubbish because this is what happened and God knowing that what we're like decided to gazump that and said actually women are so important that I'll entrust the saviour to their womb Like think about that, Mary got the honour of carrying the Saviour and it is the same gazump, you know, one man committed all sin for everybody, you know, like set that in motion and another man, Jesus, ended that and one woman tarnished our reputation and another woman ended that and we have to decide which one we want to sit with. We really have God's stamp of approval. Don't ever think that you don't. Men have God's stamp of approval too, please. And I think that... um, My notes are everywhere, sorry. I think my favourite recording of women in the Bible is Mary pregnant with the Saviour, the Saviour of the world, and she goes to visit Elizabeth, her relative. And when... Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby within her, which was John the Baptist, leapt with joy, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It is so mind boggling to me at this moment that the very first person that would be filled with the Holy Spirit because Jesus was on earth was two women. Like, It's crazy to think that we would think anything less of of ourselves. The unborn child, this is an aside, the unborn child recognised the presence of God. I love that. I love that. I wanted to highlight these women because we are anointed by God for the plans he has for us, for each of us. The plans are unique. They're unique to us. They incorporate the gifts and the talents that have been given to us. And the importance of being a caregiver is highlighted that Jesus, the Son of God, was given a mum. You can be as creative as you like and think of about a thousand different ways that God could have come to earth and yet he chose that Jesus would need a mum. He wasn't born and left... Wasn't put in rushes, like a basket in the rushes and and left. There were so many other choices. He could have come as a whole man. He just could have come, you know, like Thor, God of thunder, out of the sky, landing, there I am. And yet God chose that he would come with a mum. And she was with him that whole journey, even to death on a cross. She was there, present in that moment. And I think that's part of who we are. I don't want you to misunderstand me and think that I think there are greater importance on when men, women than men or men than women. It's just equal importance, different roles. Yes. And so it's not a competition; it's a complementing. That's how God created us to complement. As women, our identity is being so diluted. And, and sometimes parts of me gets labelled as masculine. I'm like, why? Why does that have to be masculine? Why do you assume that's masculine? If I can build with tools, why is that masculine? <laughs> it is awesome and I have great fun. <laughs> but why is that masculine? Why is this more feminine and that more feminine or that more masculine? I think that we need to get our identity from God... And I think that as women, we need to know what it is we're portraying to the world. You know, the New Testament says, don't gossip. Let's, be, let's gather the younger women and teach them how to do life well. Let's not look at, you know, the poor qualities that God, but look at the good qualities that God has sown into us. Let's not compete with men or each other. let's work cooperatively let's stand and talk rejoice in the gifting and our strengths and our abilities let's affirm and strengthen each other just have to find the right notes You know, men, you need to affirm women. You need to protect them. You need to honour them. You need to celebrate them without diminishing you being a man. It's really important. We, we know through psychological studies that women need men in their world and men need women in their world. And without them, we're upside-down. You know, so much of what God says and does is upside-down to our normal thinking, you think you need to be strong to do something? He says, it's in, my, it's in your weakness that you're made strong. Yeah. Always. You think you need to be the most popular, the most of everything? And he says, no, I'll pick up the lowliest and the smallest. That's what I'll use. So you've got your honey. And, you know, I just really want to put into your spirit, you've got this, you and God, you've got this. When the wind blows and the storms bellow, and you've, you and God, you've got this. The disappointments, the pain, the joy and the celebrations, the surprises <laughs> and the shocks, the unforeseen and the predictable, the busy and the quiet, the chaos and the calm, the sleep and the no sleep, the sickness and the health, the absent and the present. No matter what, you and God, you've got this. He has anointed you for this. He's equipped you. He's provided for you and will provide everything you need. There is no moment that you can't reach out to God. He never leaves and he'll never forsake. Our circumstances may appear bigger than God sometimes, but in truth, it's actually how that we think we're too insignificant for God to care and comfort but we need to remember that he anoints us we need to remember that we are anointed for the task that he's given us you know that bub that was conceived in you was breathed on by God he gave his approval way back then way back then he has full confidence in you you've totally got this Now, you were given a family, some biological, some adopted, some knitted in through relationship, but we have them. And church is a great place to get knitted in if you don't, to build that family, to build those relationships, to build it with each other and with God. We build relationship with God and we build our trust in him. We build faith in him and we develop our own faith history with him. So we have stories that we can say, you did it before and you'll do it again. True. And we can encourage one another with that. And so you've got this. Yeah. You and God, you've got this. Yeah, true. It's exciting times to be the one that maybe you, all you get to do is pray. Maybe that's all you get to do, but I hate that all you get to do, because prayer is a very, very powerful weapon. It, it actually moves God's heart. But if you don't actually have a relationship with God to start with, then there needs to be this moment where you acknowledge who he is and what he's done. He actually created you. He actually loves you. He actually has purposes and plans for you, and he wants to know you. And this morning you have that opportunity where we have a whole team of people that will pray with you and help you to start that faith journey where you don't have to be alone, where you don't have to do this um, the hard way, where you can do it with faith, where you can do it with the love of God. And, And if that's you this morning, don't leave church without him. Take a moment, think about it. Don't leave church without him. Could the music team come up? I didn't really organise that, sorry. I know that Mother's Day can be quite an emotional day for many people because they have expectations and they don't get met or there's lots of hurts... And past things. But just the same as you can start a relationship with God, you can allow his healing honey to move through your life to help heal and heal relationships. All those sorts of things. We just have to actually allow him to come in. He doesn't necessarily go and get the other person, give them a good smack and bring them over to you. (laughs) That's what, you know we like to happen. Usually, he starts changing our hearts and softening our hearts and um, allowing us to have a bigger picture of what God's doing, and to be comforted by God. So why don't you stand? I just wanna end the service by praying. Then we can go take photos, have coffee. Cafe's got a whole bunch of fun stuff as well. You know, we just take this moment to thank God for what he's done for us, for the mums of the world, for the identity that we can link in to be like him. Yeah, so will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your grand design. I thank you. I thank you so much for my mum and the mums that have been in my life. And I thank you for the mums that we have in this building. I thank you, Lord God, that you would pour out prosperity, abundance, healing, sweetness, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you have anointed each of us, male and female, with your plan. Help us to step into that. Help us this week to recharge and to step into the things that you've called us to do. Give us a boldness to do that, a boldness to accept it and a joy as we start to enact it so Lord, I just ask that you would pour out a treasure chest of blessings, Lord God, of relationships restored, of relationships developed, of faith built, Lord God.